Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. I'm here with Byron Lambert. This is the Week Ten Waiver Wire Edition of the podcast. If you are not a pro member at RosterWatch.com, that's the best way to get the waiver wire cheat sheet and all the other tools throughout the course of the week. The snap counts, touches, targets, the touchdown dependency tool, the matchup tool, which actually went up early this week as I had a little extra time. Uh, this morning to pull that together. Also, the DFS cheat sheets, the DFS hyper DFS lineup generator, the Vegas tool, all things that helped our members to have a really spectacular week last week in week nine. We'll hope to keep that rolling. Byron himself had a great week in tournaments. Uh, so uh, make sure and get over there and check it out as we get into, you know, I mean, we're getting, Byron, we're getting close to the end of the season to where it's like, Pretty soon, uh, the only fantasy action is going to be for DFS. Yeah, and I think you'll see that the recommended free agent budget bids have gone up this week and reflect that level change in the season, Alex. So we are week 10, week 11, week 12, and then, I mean... Four weeks here, man. You need yeah, Everybody needs this- to... you got to finish like 500 or above here for the vast majority of fantasy yeah, players dude, to like, make sure you slide into the playoffs. Then you, a lot of people have a win to get in week. And like, I mean, we are, we are g- getting close, man. So now's the time to be making your moves on the waiver wire. And I, I think it's a pretty good week this week with some of the things that we saw over the course of the weekend right here at the very top. It looks like you have an a tier by himself. And I think it makes plenty of sense is, is uh, Ronald Jones, who's been a, I mean, kind of been a fixture on and off various portions of the cheat sheet all year long. Yeah, at this point, if you're in position to get him and you need him, you're going to have to go hard after him. And it's it's a it's a proper move to make at this juncture of the season. It's a it's a very calculated risk. And he's been actually been a solid flex play and. Uh, he could easily develop into an RB2 here down the stretch if they feed him a little bit. At the very least, he's a nice RB3 or a really good flex moving forward. So uh, you know, Ronald Jones is just the type of guy at this point in the season that uh, you got to think long and hard about shipping it in on. You, if you look to uh, this week, Tampa Bay is at home versus Arizona as four-and-a-half-point favorites and a 51-and-a-half uh, total game the, the number 11 matchup of the week for opposing runners this week so it, I mean it could be it could be a good wheels up spot for Ronald Jones considering I mean I'm just now looking at the snap counts from last week but Jesus Christ Peyton Barber only 14 percent of snaps last week I mean he got doubled up in snap counts by by uh, Dare last week I mean Dare had 27 Ronald Jones 53 percent of snaps but the big you know the big deal was with the you know the big deal was the 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 20 touches, the 82 yards, the one touchdown, and then 
Bruce Arians coming out uh, on Monday saying that he deserved a bigger role and he's going to um, he's 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 earned a bigger role and he's going to have one moving forward and we've we've kind of been waiting on the come with Ronald Jones for a long time. It seems like he came into the league as wasn't he like twenty when he came into the league or something? I mean twenty yeah, twenty one, like super young and. Really wasn't ready for that NFL puberty yet. It took him <laughs> yeah. a minute. He was a little behind on that schedule, right? Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if we're seeing like the light finally come on for Ronald Jones or or was. Well, look, man, they're offense. tired of watching that slow slog of a backfield with a Peyton Barber back it's just there. So bad. It's, it's like, like why not just commit to the guy? At some point, you got to take the pressure off of Jameis Winston and get him some damn production out of the backfield. So we'll see. We let the chips fall how they may. But if you need a guy like this, you know, it's a good time to go in hot pursuit of Ronald Jones this week. Byron, is there anything worse than whenever you're trying to shave your your balls and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face? Oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut, nick cut snag. It, you know none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you like who uses the same trimmer? on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their, their like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole. Like how are you going to use the same trimmer on your face that you put there? It's like, look, 85% of women think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should manscape below the belt and 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like, that comes from the business wire. So, look, here's what we've found from the Manscaped products. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original Lawnmower. And you might ask how much better. Well, so, all right, so now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. That's up from 4,000 strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from 15 minutes on one charge all the way up to 60 minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with the lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you got to do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They, they give you this, uh, they give you some like newspaper looking stuff to stand on so it's easy to clean up afterwards and then you just kind of get this this ball deodorant this ball toner just kind of get it rubbed around on there you're gonna be feeling silky and smooth before you know it and you're not gonna ever remember what it was like before you started using manscaped alex i couldn't believe it ever since i got my sample kit from manscaped my girlfriend from dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me for a sweaty greek man like me she absolutely loves the ball deodorant and then the ball toner so smooth and shiny and so tight She's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies. And also, man, that you know me, Alex. I got Greeks, we got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower 
up top too. All right, so you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering ROSTERWATCH listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. Watch. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. All right, and so just a reminder for you guys, if you want to know exactly what Byron recommends as far as the uh, free agent budget bid that you should be allocating, allocating for a Ronald Jones or any of these other guys that we'll be talking about, go to rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. It's all set up quickly and easy for you there in the uh, tool that's easy to read, very intuitive. A toddler could set their uh, waiver priorities by using it. That's over at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. Okay. So here also sort of towards the top of the running back heap, we have uh, Kalen Balaj who. Golly, I mean, just the ups and downs in our experience with this asshole. I've just, I've finally come to the point where I just think he sucks. With that being said, I mean, Mark Walton, for, did Mark Walton get busted for PEDs? Yeah, and apparently the team has known the suspension's come, been coming. They really didn't do a lot in preparation of this. <laughs> just, what a what a fucking mess. And also, if that's what Mark Walton looks like on PEDs, how is he going to look whenever he's not on them? <laughs> it is actually a hilarious narrative, I mean, considering just, just, the hype and everything, and given I, his you know pre-draft evaluation. And we've just told everybody this guy sense. sucks. Where did how did Mark Walton come out of nowhere? And then you find he's on PEDs, and <laughs> well, that's how he came out of nowhere. Huh? That's, <laughs> yeah. the best. that's Mark Walton living his best life. Just a a, a a quick second there in the NFL. Well, it's the flat circle that you always talk about, Alex, in fantasy football with Kalen Balage. So. I think your hand has been forced. If you need a guy, if you need a flex, your hand is forced this week on a guy like Kalen Balaj. I mean, you can make a decision to stand on the other side of the fence if you want to, but I, you know, I, I really don't think you have, you know, I don't think you have a lot of other options, man, at this point in the season. So Miami, and if you want him, you're going to have to go get him. Miami's going to Indianapolis. And here, I mean, here's the thing. He, He's going to have that backfield basically to himself for the next four weeks. And once Walton comes back, who knows how he's going to be now that he's not juicing anymore. Who cares about that? I just want all I care about the next four weeks. We're trying to get into our fantasy playoffs at this point. That's all in moves. And it's, I'm not even, we're not even suggesting all in on a guy like Kalen Blush, but it's aggressive moves now to try to get into your playoffs, man. This is live or die. You know, it's basically like, uh, you know, a, a, a winning in situation every week is the way that we need to treat it. And, you know, you, one thing you could say about a guy like Kalen Blage, if you want to at least. He sucks, man. He's that's fine. so bad. That's fine. That's fine. But if you at least want to comment on the archetype of running back that he is, he is the type of running back that will be better with volume. I mean, oh, I know yeah. that sounds, yeah, no. that doesn't sound true. like any earth shattering news, but it's not just linear. It's exponentially better with volume. Yeah. It just and also, you know, he'll get he'll get Indy this week, and versus Indy, you know, 
Like we saw that, like we, we, we say it all the time in the DFS podcast, like here on this podcast, whenever you play against Andy, if you're a pass catching running back, that's always going to be good because of the way that that scheme just sets up. Right. It's, it's, it's like how Quinn's scheme always was in Atlanta, or I guess probably still is in Atlanta, although it hasn't really been showing its uh, stripes as much this year, as far as what it allows to pass catching backs. But we saw last week, wasn't that the Jalen Samuels 13 catch game? I, I'm, I'm not saying that Kalen Balazs can go out and get 13 catches, but it's just something to keep in mind there. It's, it, it's kind of, even though it's not a great matchup on paper for these opposing running backs, um, you know, if, if you're a pass catching running back, it's sort of a different sort of, a different sort of schematic matchup that you just always keep in mind there with, with Indy and Kalen oh. Balazs. He, he definitely fits the, fits the mold if he can just catch the goddamn football. Well, that, guy can't catch, that guy can't catch a cold, as, man. As, like, bad, as bad as his hands have been this year, I think you raise a good point. I mean, most people are playing in some uh, type of PPR format. And the other thing to consider is, I mean, these Dolphins are going to constantly be in a negative game script where they're having to throw the ball to their running back. So, mm. you know, like you said, maybe um, – a guy like me could get in on a little piece of Miles Gaskin in a few leagues here or there oh, later oh, for yeah. much cheaper than a yeah. Kalen Balazs as a late season stash. But right now the play is very clearly Kalen Balazs. So you don't, you know, there's rare, rare you get clarity in fantasy football. Will it turn out? Who knows? But at this point, you probably got to take your, if you need a guy like that, you probably have to take your chance. And when, when, it, when are you going to have anything more ripe than this in the next couple of weeks at the waiver wire? It's uncertain. Miles Gaskin's such a little goat, man. Like he's like, he's too good for them to put in right now. <laughs> right. He's too good. They don't want that dude playing right now. They'll save him for next year when they're, you know, when, when when they can actually afford to win a game or two, um, do you think Darius guys should be in the same category as Kalen Balage as far as what you're willing to spend? I think he could be. Maybe you could have that discretion. The reason that I would err against that this week is that you know obviously the Redskins are entering the buy this week, so it's a bit of a it's a stash, which means to some extent it's a luxury move. And we're here at the end of the season where we're trying to basically win right now down the stretch. If you look at it, Geis's schedule really isn't that great coming out of the buy. And at this point you have to think it's at least out of the gate it's going to be some type of timeshare with Adrian Peterson. So if I look at Darius Geis at this point I consider him more of a playoff stash. So if you're in that mode, operating from that position of luxury, and you want to just make your last big hurrah on the waiver wire for your big playoff stash to give you a big injection, hopefully, of life down the stretch. Whether or not that happens, we'll see. I'm starting to think next year is probably the year for guys, but it could happen in your fantasy playoffs. So if you want to if you want to get in a little richer on guys, I, I could see that argument. I just think there's a few things still working against him. At least a guy like Kalen Balazs is like you're putting him in this week. You know, you're playing him. And, um, you know, it just feels a little, a little clearer, but I mean, Darius guys always belongs higher than Kalen Balazs in any type of real evaluation. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, Alexander Madison is still, I mean, about as high up as we could possibly get him. I, if it were up to us, <laughs> we've been screaming at the rooftops that he should be owned in literally every league. I, I think that even, even in like 10 team leagues, I think that, you know, if you have a deeper bench, I think it's important to own Alexander Madison because here's the thing. I would rather own a guy like Alexander Madison or this kind of Daryl Henderson type or the Rashad Pennies of the world, uh, the Tony Pollards, et cetera, than I would 
I mean, you know, you, you think to yourself, okay, if we're talking about a 10-team league, um, you know, why, why you know, there's going to be so much, so much better players on the waiver wire than, than guys like that. So in a, in a league like that, there's no way that I would ever pick those guys up. But I see it differently. In a 10-team league, your starting roster should be good enough that there should be guys on your bench that are kind of good, but they're just not going to ever be good enough to start for you, you know? They're not gonna like. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather have a guy like Alexander Madison on your bench than a guy like I don't I don't know say like D.D. Westbrook? Whenever your starting receivers are already, you know, um, who knows DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Tyler Lockett and and you know Tyler Boyd or something like that. It's like you're never gonna start D.D. over those guys. But if something were to happen to Dalvin Cook, you would likely be starting Alexander Madison in one of your running back slots. I think that the same. So I think that's why I'm saying, like, de- definitely in, in larger, you know, 12 and 14 team leagues, he needs to he needs to be owned. But I think even in 10 team leagues, Alexander Madison right now is the league's premier handcuff. Well, it's an excellent piece of advice because. Uh, Really what it tells us to do is take a minute or two before we undertake the waiver wire or or the trade market in any given week or probably mostly any other activities in our fantasy football league. And before we we do those things, we want to take a minute or two to identify our needs. So what you're saying is um, a team needs to identify, do I need a start this week or a flex this week or do I need a stash? What position am I operating from? Where are the holes in my roster? What's the format? You know, what are, under what circumstances is this move happening under? Like you said, in a 10-team league, that changes the dynamics of the discussion a whole lot. So it kind of points to, you know, to, to thinking like a smart fantasy player in the, in the first place. It's going to make you more effective. I mean, that's really – that's how you use the sheet, right? First, you before you use the sheet every week, you should take one or two minutes – and figure out what the hell it is that your team needs. And that's how you're going to make best. It's going to optimize your team. It's going to optimize your sheet, uh, your use of the sheet every week. And it'll optimize the way you incrementally improve your team over the season and thereby optimizing your chances of winning. So uh, to your point, Alex, if you've identified that you're a team operating from a position of strength or luxury, just looking for a stash that could go big and be a game breaker down the way, you know, or there's a million of these guys on your wire in a 10 team league, then go for the high upside guy. If you need a play this week, then, you know, you might have to make some different considerations, but I'd say that's all pretty much baked into how we've had Madison. I'd say relatively high on the sheet all season. If I'd have told you at any point prior to the start of the season, that the 49ers would be the only remaining undefeated team in the national football league after nine weeks, You'd call me crazy, right? Or I don't know, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you saw it coming. Maybe you're a big 49ers fan. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit back and watch the season unfold with your hands in your pockets because you too can get in on the action. You can support your team every weekend or take advantage of your football knowledge to bring home the bacon with my bookie. Between football season, the start of the NBA season, the NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get on the action. There's plenty to bet on and always cash to be won. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet a, you know, a little bit on multiple games 
uh, and you bet them together so you can get a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So it's, it's, it's free money. If you put in $100, they will, they will give you $200 total to bet with there on MyBookie.ag. But you have to use this promo code. Use promo code ROSTER to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER to double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Remember, use promo code ROSTER to activate that that 2x deposit bonus that is at mybookie.ag visit today you play you win you get paid what about the rest of these guys any that you wanted to kind of touch on specifically in the lower tiers some of these dudes that you'd be looking more in the sort of yes yes there's one there's one man oh i know who it is It's, it's 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 ty montgomery isn't it no, 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 man. That would probably an interesting be pickup, though, if Le'Veon can't go, right? A running back I'm looking at is a really sharp, deep tournament play this week, Alex, who I could be see being in just in a sneaky, sneaky, almost nut, low percentage on spot is Justice Hill of the Baltimore Ravens. What What is it about Justice Hill that you like so much this week? Look how big of favorites they are. In this matchup. So Baltimore this week um, at Cincinnati. Yeah, it's almost a 10-point favorite here in this. It's the number two matchup for opposing runners on the week. And I, 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 I tweeted it out during the game, but I did see I did see Justice Hill. I had a Justice Hill sighting on the Baltimore Ravens' first drive versus the Patriots. <laughs> that was that was that that was wild to see. Let me look and just see what his – Yeah, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get him on the DFS cheat sheets this week because he, those are – pretty much for cash games but like he's a guy i'm definitely gonna have in my notes all week that i'm gonna want to stuff into a tournament player too this weekend <laughs> maybe he'll get more than that 14 percent of snaps that he saw versus uh versus new england you got to remember that that was the, that that technically was a was a blowout that was awesome right that like yeah you've kind of been on this whole baltimore thing ever since you were there in camp you said that this is gonna be the most one of the most exciting teams we C or the one that you're most excited to watch and stuff. I always thought that was I thought that was kind of kind of odd to hear from you, but now I guess I'm, I'm beginning to sort of see why. It's been a lot of fun, man. That's just got love what they're doing in Baltimore, and just it was just different, man. It was different how that organization went out of their way to identify with the strengths of Lamar Jackson. First of all, they made a great pre-draft evaluation on Lamar Jackson. He, w- he was a good prospect. And then they very quickly, I, they got him through his rookie season in a safe way to get his sea legs under him. And they quickly identified exactly what his strengths were and how to tailor those things, almost take a lot of the things he was good at at Louisville and tailor that to an actual NFL system. I mean, they, and they have the personnel to do it. They brought the coaches in to do it. They crafted a scheme around it. And it, it, it's, you know, you think of the Ravens as kind of one of these old blue collar teams, but in so many ways now, I think of them as one of the most forward thinking teams in the NFL, how they took their best player, who's just a transcendent athlete and was a great prospect to begin with. And they really constructed a terrific offense, pro style offense nothing gimmicky about what's going on in baltimore alex so i just see this you're right i mean you could call it a blowout against new england but i mean let's 
the line, it was not a no, I know, not, yeah. not a 10 point line or they nine and a half. They didn't come in planning, dude. They didn't come yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, you got them. Ravens potentially in a blowout. Now, the only thing that throws this off for me is the fact that it's a division game. Sometimes there's a sneaky competitive. You've got Cincinnati coming off a bye. You got, oh, dude, it's, fir- it's gonna be the what the fir- is, isn't this the first week of Ryan Finley? You're right, I had forgotten it's, about that. Out of sight, the Bengals have been right. out of sight, out of mind, but it's the I mean, it's this, this should dude, be how thick it just look with the touches that he got so i don't know man if there's ever a sneaky spot for justice hill to get in it's after we just finally started to see him a little bit he looks sick the other guys edwards and ingram have gotten a bunch of run recently and all of a sudden they're going to be in a blowout spot against the number two matchup in all of fantasy against the running backs i mean i mean of course it's a it's a dart you're throwing at the board but i think it's a pretty sharp dart Number two matchup, I guess. Who is who is number one now? Oh, this week the number one is actually the Dolphins. So Indy will get the number one matchup this week. Uh, very interesting there. I wonder if the with the line. I wonder if the line moves during the week if that'll change at all. As the sheet is is automated to uh, change there with the Vegas lines. Let's move on to the wide receiver position where you have Devontae Parker here at the top. He's only owned in 35% of leagues. I mean, this this has everything to do with um, Preston Williams' injury, I'm sure. Yeah, he's out for the season. Knee injury. Yeah, so just all the Devontae? Or, I, mean, that's, I, mean, how, I mean, he's been good. He's yeah. been good for fantasy. Yeah. He's still available in you know, two-thirds of the fantasy universe. So... He's a great pickup at the end of the season. And you're, if you want him, you're going to have to spend up. If you don't want him, that's fine. There's a lot of other guys that are cheaper you can get interested in for different reasons here on the sheet. But, I mean, no Preston Williams, man, as long as you have Ryan Fitzpatrick firing it around. I think you can go lower on the sheet. And it, it looks to me at this point, if you had to shuffle through the Jakeem Grants and the Alan Hearns and the Albert Wilsons of the world, you'd want to go with Jakeem Grant. But that's such a muddled situation. It pushes all three of those guys down the sheet. That's a little bit of a game of roulette. I think just the pretty clear winner is Devontae Parker and then potentially Mike Gesicki at the tight end position as well. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, um, you can talk. I mean, Zach Paschal, he's got a really good matchup this week. We know T.Y. Hilton is going to be out for a couple of weeks. And we saw that, I mean, he was somebody that our model identified for DFS last week, at least over on FanDuel uh, on Sunday morning. I actually got the harebrained idea to switch him out of the FanDuel cheat sheet to get DJ Moore on there instead because I was making my lineups myself. I was multi-entering on FanDuel, and I was thinking to myself, man, how can I justify having Zach Paschal on this sheet where every time I get the opportunity when I'm down there at that 5,200 to 5,400 range, I'm, 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 I'm taking DJ Moore over him every single time. It turned out not to be that bad. It wasn't that egregious, but just another reminder to myself not to fuck with the model. Um, just leave up there what it spits on, you know, and don't change it with my own ideas. Um, thankfully, it didn't cook us too bad be- because, you know, DJ Moore was good, but we could have gotten Zach Pascal at probably a little bit lower ownership. And also, I think a lot of people use that sheet and use the hyper and the tools that it, it um that it powers, you know, on Fridays, Saturdays, and early Sunday mornings. I didn't make that change till pretty late on Sunday after I'd done a bunch of construction and a bunch of the builds that that I was uh, putting in, at least the ones that I was hand-building. So whenever you look at what he was able to do last week, it was um, 
let me see the Colts here on the tool. So with no T.Y. Hilton, 94% of snaps, six targets, five receptions for 76 and a touchdown. I believe that first touchdown, though, it came really, really early on in that game. And I think Jacoby Brissett was still in there. Uh, Is he just down on this list because you don't – I mean, it's a good matchup this week. And at this point, the cheat sheet is pointed towards, you know, winning this week and winning right now. It's versus Miami and no Xavier Howard. He's the number one there. Are you just worried that Brian Hoyer sucks and we're not going to get Jacoby Brissett back? Well, it's interesting, Zach Pascal, a real trash man special. I anticipated you asking me this question if Pascal had some upward mobility or belonged with those guys above him. And maybe he does. I guess my primary concern was to some extent the state of the quarterback situation, obviously, there. Although I did put Hoyer on the sheet this week because if Brissett who's more than 55% owned, uh, were not to play. I actually don't hate Foyer as a deep waiver wire quarterback pickup this week. But I guess my other concern was uh, just T.Y. Hilton's status with the calf. Um, you know, just when when he might return, how that could affect his Zach Pascal. So if you, if you want to bump Pascal up for a one-week play, if that's the way we're geared or for the next couple of weeks, then I think that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that I don't know. I, I mean, do you think that we need to get him up to that same budget range as Devontae Parker? Or do you think we can get him for a little cheaper? And he was just in the garbage grab this last week. So that meant that he was you know, in the bottom of the barrel just one week ago. I mean, how much can his value go up in one week? I don't I don't know. I just, Zach Pascal, if you had him for free on the garbage grab last week, it feels a little dirty to be yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of these other, a couple of these other guys here on there. I mean, the Tennessee guys are always going to be interesting to interesting to look at. I'm wondering as I look down at this lower tier of the of the uh, of the of the you know these kind of talk about these garbage grab the kind of bums. One that sort of stands out to me, maybe a couple just because of um, one because of the target volume would be Danny Amendola feeling like he should be up a little bit higher at least up above guys like Auden Tate whenever it looks like we're going to have A.J. Green returning. I just wonder if that makes Auden Tate turn to dust. And then Deontay Johnson is only 26% owned. I know he didn't get – he had a down week as far as targets this last week, but I mean, he's had a pretty good connection with um, pretty good connection with Mason Rudolph and has looked pretty good at times. I mean, it feels like he does have spike weeks with the, where he gets the seven and eight targets, and then he'll go back to turn into a pumpkin for a week where he'll only get two. But guys like – I mean – what about those guys, Deontay Johnson, Danny Amendola? What went into your thinking for having them relatively low? And what is it about Auden Tate that, like, am I missing something here? Or do you think he's going to continue to be good once A.J. Green comes back and with Ryan Finley at the quarterback? Well, I anticipated a couple of your questions, but you've thrown me for a loop with the other. It was just last week that you really came on this podcast and stumped hard for getting up Auden Tate much further up on the sheet, even though he was heading into the bye week. So coming out of the bye, I assume that based on that target share, you would still argue that we need to have him in a pretty reasonable area at the top of this bargain basement. If you, if you want to bring him down closer to where I had him before last week's, uh, uh, final uh, publishing, then I think that's fine. He has some downward mobility for sure. I'm not meaning to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but, but what I'm trying to say is like audit Tate, I felt like, 
was it last week that I felt like he was still going to be a good pickup? Like, I don't know if my mind has changed sort of since then or if I wasn't thinking about the buy. But I've always thought that once we get back A.J. Green, I mean, I don't know, man, maybe. Do you think he's going to – do you think in, in three wide receivers – probably in three wide receiver sets it's going to be A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and Auden Tate, right? I mean, John Ross is out for the year. So, may, I mean, maybe we can leave him. He, to he, me, it he says there's be- some downward mobility. I mean, I, I last week I kind of felt like we, you know, he lost a little bit of the, the sheen as good of a waiver wire guy as he'd been. And, you know, this week you might say, well, he gets a bump as he's coming back. But then if you've, you know, reconsidered how you feel about his coexistence with AJ Green, I certainly wouldn't blame. Hey, we're allowed to change our mind in America, man. We're just going to be honest about it. So I think getting <laughs> Odd Tate down below. A few of these guys is fine if you want to. I, I don't really have too much of a problem with that. Amendola, I expected you to ask why he wasn't higher on the sheet. He's been a guy that's been on the sheet often this It's just year. that run game is just looking so bad. Yeah, I, I think tar- and the targets, the targets get him on the sheet, and sometimes the targets go really, really high for Danny Amendola. It's just at the end of the day, most of the time, his bottom line fantasy production is uninspiring or disappointing. So that's just why I tread it a little bit lightly there. I think that if you wanted – uh, to push an Amendola up over some of these other guys, you, know, you certainly would have some editorial license to do so. And then Deontay Johnson, you know, he was at really high on the sheet last week, probably too high considering what happened transpired. Uh, you know, James Washington Raiders had a little bit more of this last week. Look, Deontay Johnson is a guy I like, and then I believe if you can throw the box score out this last week, if you just read the tea leaves. If you scout the team, it's pretty clear. He's a, got a good connection with Mason Rudolph and he's one of that team's he's best young wide receivers, the number two behind Juju. So you can make that argument, Alex, just very, very difficult to push him high on the sheet a week after he was at the top. And then he came out with a two target or two reception. Not at the top of the, he wasn't at the just top of the dumb. sheet, but, but towards the, the, towards the, towards, towards the top of the trash heap tier is, is where he was. He, he 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 wasn't at the top of the sheet. He wasn't in the same place that we're replacing the Ronald Joneses and the Devontae Parkers this week, just to clarify. Um, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I need to change it. I think it's probably probably fine. That's It's, it's probably fine. I mean, you, you've, you've clearly put in – Those guys have five spots of mobility, you know, in either direction, I'd say. You know, yeah, I mean, but I mean, how, it's just, I mean, you take a lot I mean, of time many, you get a sorting through these things. This, Hey, by the way, this is 35 wide receivers. Wide yeah. sheet, right? 35 receivers. It's an absolute week 10 monster on the waiver wire at rosterwatch.com. What about the tight ends or is there any other kind of any, any wide receiver that you want to touch on that we haven't talked about? I mean, there's a ton of these dudes. Well, Kenny Stills is heading into the bye, but. I look at him as a guy that continues to be a nice player to hold. Cole Beasley just keeps producing, man. You'd get so worried the week you're going to finally pick him <laughs> up the play. Got two tar- he only got two targets this week, but he got a touchdown early on, didn't he? His game log is good, man. At the end of the day, he's a pretty good safety valve for Josh Allen. He seems to be – he's been a nice fan. If you just played him every week in a competitive format and you're flex too, you would not have been disappointed at this point on the season with – Cole Beasley and then you know I thought maybe we saw the beginnings of Debo Samuel coming into focus as the clear two behind Emmanuel Sanders this 
last week, not necessarily in just total, you know, in massive target volume, but just in the way that offense was shaping up, it's still speculative at this point. And he's been kind of hit or miss all season. So you don't want to get out over your skis on too many of these guys. I'd say a sneaky one, Alex coming back from the bye is uh, going to be Ted Ginn with Drew Brees. I believe it's in a really good matchup this week. And Ginn is one of these guys that man, you just, you never want to pick him up or play him, but in this offense, he's in the, in the sweet spots, he tends to be pretty good. So, uh, he's a guy you can look at at home in the dome versus the number one matchup on the matchup tool, the Atlanta Falcons. They are 13 point favorites in this game. Wow. I haven't, I, I haven't taken a sniff at even looking at my first iteration of our rankings, but, um, it's going to be going to be hard not to have Alvin Kamara up really, really high this <laughs> this, this week for sure. Thirteen point favorites at home versus these idiots. My goodness, it's a number one. Still matchup. be some run for for number Murray. One matchup for Drew. Number one matchup for Michael Thomas. For number seven matchup for Alvin Kamara and Latavius, and the number seven matchup for the tight ends. This is a sea of a sea of blue for New Orleans versus Atlanta. I think that if you're operating from a position of luxury, another deep playoff stash other than guys further down the sheet would continue to be Antonio Brown. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with that. But if you got a free, if you're a winning team with a stacked roster and you got a spot at the bottom, just to sit a guy in case he, you know, if you, again, if you want a high upside guy for that, you know, late playoff run and you can afford to just burn a spot, I think for winning teams operating from positional luxury, Antonio Brown is a fine late season kind of playoff stash. And then the other guy that could be viable this week, Alex is Josh Reynolds and the Rams. If Brandon cooks misses time off the repeated concussions. I'm starting to worry about cooks, man. So, you know, starting to worry about cooks. It's a lot. Of, that's a, uh, him and Sterling Shepard are both like that. Sterling Shepard one's a little worrisome too, right? He came out of the protocol, then went back in and, He's had he's 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 had some issues with them. Um, okay, what about the tight end position? I mean, what tight end quarterback? I mean, what do we even really need to talk about here? I think people can just go look at. It. Is there anybody that really just sticks out to you through any of these spots? That yeah, yeah, a couple. Jared Cook coming off the bye hadn't been really that great, but we haven't seen him full time with. Drew Brees, I think if you've been in tight end purgatory and you've got a good team, you just throw your hands up, you go get Jared Cook, you attach yourself to some piece of Drew Brees on offense, and you just live life the rest of the season. You just take the highs with the lows and, and, and come out probably ahead of where you would if you just played waiver wire tight end rest of the season. Tread lightly, but O.J. Howard does return to what on the season has been the number one matchup in all of fantasy for – uh, tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals. That game is in Tampa. They're saying Howard's healthy. Braid hadn't done anything in his absence. You wonder Did if he they even tried play last week. I don't even know if he fucking played. I mean, last at some week. point, you just realize that Bruce Arians hates your fantasy tight end. Period. But you know, maybe if there's ever a sneaky spot for OJ Howard, this might be it. Although, uh, you know, you're you're always going to tread lightly with any tight end in that situation as bad as he's been. And then, like I said earlier, Alex, I actually a guy I've been watching for the last couple of weeks, and last week was uh, last week looked pretty decent. If you watch the game, man, he started to actually make the fantasy radar finally a little bit. It was Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I noticed if, it too. Yeah. If yeah. you have a no Preston Williams, all of a sudden playing from behind in these negative game scripts, man, I, I actually like Mike Kosicki 
I'm, I'm quite interested in him in a competitive situation down the stretch. And once again, I still believe, uh, that, uh, you've been right. Our friend, uh, JJ Zachary has been right about just getting Dallas Goddard in your lineup every week. I mean, I think we just heard Deshaun Jackson is, did we yeah, just find out oh, that he's, he, Oh, he's done. He's, he's done. done. So yeah. wheels back up for Dallas Goddard yep. might actually consider pushing him, getting back. him up. Getting him, up, I think maybe standing. at the top, yeah, maybe right under Jared Cook. I think I'd, I'd rather so. have, yeah, right under Jared. I'd rather Cook. have him than Goddard. I mean, rather have him. I'd rather have Goddard than Howard. Rest of season at this point, although you could stump for OJ Howard in a one week situation at home against the Cardinals. As far as these, and then also, also with Gesicki, remember what we were saying about the ability for Kalen Balash to catch balls out of the backfield. That also kind of goes for the area of space that that, that tight ends operate in. So, just something to keep in something to keep in mind there. Uh, it's a good. It could be a good week this week to at least pick him up, stream him, try him out, try him on for size. He's only owning four percent of leagues. If you're one of these teams in uh, tight end purgatory, or if you're say a Evan Ingram owner, where you got, you got a big queue by Evan Ingram all week long that you're going to be worrying about, maybe picking up a dude like that as some insurance could could possibly be helpful to you. Um, Anything at quarterback or, I mean, do you just. Tough week at quarterback, Alex. Tough week on the (laughs) waiver wire at quarterback. Although Tannehill has been serviceable and he does get the Chiefs coming to Tennessee. I mean, you you worry anytime you get him in your lineup, but that's doesn't feel like the worst spot, you know, to make a trash play like that. I think the best spot to make a big play is to get the Colts this week. Just go pick them up. They're only owning 39% of leagues. They get to face the Miami Dolphins at home. 